The district church exists to make disciples by interrupting people's lives with love because the gospel changes everything. To learn more about the district church and for ways to give to support resources like this, visit thedistrictchurch.com. Hey, let me introduce you to somebody. Uh, this is Ben. You guys know Ben. <laughs> so Ben, um, uh, Ben's been at the district church for uh, five or six years. His wife, Ashley, and they have a little girl named Mia. And um, last year, as we were working through a pastoral transition, um, early in the year, I sat down with Ben and I told him what was going on really before I even knew what was going on. And I said, we think God might be doing this. And Ben, I can totally see God preparing you and leading you to be a very large part of what God is doing at the district church. And I've seen that in Ben for a long time. We get to um, just see in part a glimpse of who Ben is as he leads and as he speaks. Um, But man, this this is a very uh, deep (laughs) and rich in in the knowledge and in his love of Jesus. And um, he... So I, I saw um, God had a great plan for Ben at the district church, and he still does. And um, so as we started to work through that, I said, pray about this. Ask God if, he has any, if, he, if you have anything to do with what's going on around here in this. And I think it was probably weird at first because it came out of nowhere and it wasn't on his radar. But as he prayed about it over the, the span of the year, um, he began to see that as well. And so it was very kind of God to lead us in the way that he has to where we were able to walk through a pastoral transition um, with such kindness and with such grace as God lavished upon us, but also that Ben would be at a place to, to say, um, I'll, I'll give myself to your church. I will serve your church. I'll, I'll give my time to it. And so January 1st, as we made this transition, Ben has come on staff in a part-time role as our worship director. So Ben is your worship director and we honor him. And we, um, we celebrate him in that. Um, so he gives a mass amount of his time throughout the week in preparing the liturgy for what we are to do in our gathering, what we're gonna sing, what we're gonna be praying for. And we work together to, to plan all of that out. And he does um, a very, very great job. And he's given me a good bit of rest and ability to focus on studying the Bible and teaching the Bible. And so I thank you for that. And um, it's a joy. And, and we so anticipate what God's gonna do through you in our church. So thank you, Ben. So just wanted to introduce him to you guys. You'll see more and more of him. Um, and we're excited for that. Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. We're gonna be in the book of Ephesians. And guys, we have so much today. Um, I say that every single week. Gosh, we have so much, but it is so good. It is so, so good. And um, today is our uh, Go Sunday. So we're looking at missions. We're in this sermon series called Ecclesia. Ecclesia in Matthew 16, where Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Ecclesia is the closest translation or word that we have to what Jesus is saying there. And, and it's in Greek, it's translated to be the church, but it's more than just, just the church. Um, and so in this series, we are saying God, show us, show us what you mean when you say, I'll build my church. What does that look like? What, what is the church and, and who are we? How do we have anything to do with it? What is our role in that? And so we've been looking, that, looking at that and looking at our sort of culture of the local church. And we have four disciplines that we hold fast to and it's called gather, group, give, and go. And so over this month, we've been looking at those. And today we'll look at go. What does it mean to go? 
What is, what is God's plan for that? And we're studying, we're studying the book of Ephesians. And so the book of Ephesians is written by Paul. It's very broad. And so we can sit under that. It's not as intimate as some of his other epistles to other churches. Um, it's very broad. And so we get to look and see um, and sort of ask the question, Paul, what, how do you see what you see? Why do you say what you say? Why do you do what you do? Because Paul sees the church in a very distinct way. And so we wanna know and we wanna live in that way that Paul sees it. And so we've been studying Ephesians and we'll be there today, not so much going front to back and, and, and um, an exegetical study of every single line, but trying to sit under the teaching uh, from Paul to the church. Let me, let me address something before we get started. Um, we're talking about mission today. We're talking about living out our faith those who are followers of Christ doing something with their salvation and with the gift of grace that God has given to them. Um, there are people uh, who sit in this room who have no faith. You have questions and you haven't figured it out yet. That's fine. That is good. Praise God that you are here. That is good. And we're glad you're here. And so what I don't wanna do is just cast a missional blanket across everybody and expect that we're all in the same place. You might have, have, have questions about today and you might not be able to live under what we are teaching or what Paul teaches in Ephesians because you haven't received it and you can't give away what you haven't received. And so that's totally fine. As we read and study this text, what you are looking for is you are looking for Jesus. And the question you have is, who is Jesus? Because everything that we look at in our missional approach points to him. We're just a reflection. So everything we say to do is not for us to be good, uh, good people or good Christians. It's for us to look like Jesus. And so if you have questions about him, I hope you do. As we study this text, it should illuminate your mind to see who more... Uh, to see more of who this person Jesus is and, and what he came for, what his purpose is. And so um, we could look at it like this way. The gospel of Jesus Christ is like a massive rescue mission. There is a great humanitarian crisis that exists globally across all humanity. We have needs, we have great needs, every single one of us, and needs that we cannot meet for ourselves and that others cannot meet for us. And so Jesus came to restore what was broken and to meet that great need that sin causes. You're in two places. You either need to be rescued today or you're on the rescue team, all right? And so as we study this, where are you at? If you're on the rescue team, there's work to be done. If you need to be rescued, you need to look at Jesus because he's the one who's gonna do it. Not us who are trying to live on mission. We're just pointing to him, okay? And so that's what we have to look at together. Last week, we looked at our posture as new creations. That's language that Paul uses. That's not me being weird. Paul uses that language, new creations. Those who are made new in Christ. And so as new creations of the ecclesia, the church, the body, we looked at how it is within our nature as new creations to serve selflessly and to give generously and gladly. Again, it comes from Jesus. We didn't make that up. He lived that way. He came and gave his life. He served others and he was glad to do it. Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Um, so we live like Christ in that way. And we talked about the importance of the process. When we look at Genesis three, Satan um, did a really good job of pointing, 
Adam and Eve to the result and what would come when they partook of sin. And, and they really looked right past the process. And we look at how that's opposite to Jesus in the way that he lived his life. Jesus had a result. His result, his purpose was the cross and was to come and die for humanity. But throughout the process, he didn't push people to the side and say, get out of my way, I came to do something. He focused on the process. He was near to people. He loved people. He was kind and patient. He, he hung out with those who were not like him. He was near to the children, right? If you wanna talk about a process and patience, hang out with some children. Jesus did, right? And he loved it. And so Jesus was very much, not just about a result, but a process. And we see that when we are indulged in the process of living generously and gladly, of serving selflessly, that it's in that process we're worshiping Jesus, not just for an act of a result. If we're focusing on a result or just an, an end result, oftentimes that can lead to greed and selfish living because we're looking at what comes at the end of this and what am I gonna get? But when we slow down and focus on the process, we find that we're better worshipers of Jesus. Does that make sense? So um, Ephesians 3, one through six, let's start by reading this. Ephesians chapter three, one through six. I'm gonna read it and then we're going to talk about some other things and come back to it, but we needed to, to settle for a second. So go to your Bible, Ephesians chapter three. Um, guys, please be making notes. I'm, I move fast. Ben's very slow. He says words that are really spread out and that mean a whole lot. And so he slows me down and then I come to speed us up, okay? So we're gonna move fast. We try to compliment each other, but... Um, Please be making notes, be writing things down, have your Bible open, be highlighting. Your, your mind will be illuminated to things in the text that I don't see. And so make notes of that as we're looking and studying the text together. Ephesians 3 says this, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations as it has been now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Um, we're gonna go to this in a second. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and give us some uh, grounds for today. This is what I'm trying to do. This is my objective. Let me give you all my secrets. This is what I hope we can do today. I hope that somehow through my words, through, through, the, through the scripture and through the Holy Spirit working in you, that somehow um, it can be produced, this radical, this blazing, this extremely urgent, but yet enduring passion inside of you, that that can be created. Um, something that is almost a righteous rage, that you would be able to see the grip of death, darkness in our world, and that we would be able to see sin loosened, that we would be able to see the power that is within us, purchased through Jesus, um, displayed on the cross, secured through a resurrection, that we would be able to see that power so deeply within inside of ourselves, working, that it would produce something in us 
where we would live on mission, where we'd really get fired up and serious about what God has done and what he calls us to do. And that it would be, it would be so extreme that not only would it take um, over our natural lives, not only would it change what we see, say, and do, but that it would interrupt the lives of others and take their minds off of low-lying things and place them on a king, place them on a savior, Place them on something that is so much greater than ourselves. That's what we wanna do living on mission. And I hope in some way that you can have this thing inside of you that is just burning to do that. Can, can we do that? Can we do that? So much so to where Paul talks about these rulers and authorities and dominions that exist. So much so that they would look upon this ecclesia those ones who take and corrupt and twist God's good design, that they would look upon these people and they would say, that's not good. That is not good. What is happening within that church, what is happening within those people is not good for us who are against God. Do we want that? Do we, do we want that type of work where we, it produces in us a missional posture and can we do something about it? Can we be a people who are serious about pushing back the darkness in this present age and in our life? There's something that's almost unexplainable that comes in the newness of something or in youth. If you think about many of your favorite bands, they probably created something. Most of our favorite bands created something when they were in a space of youth. Um, they were innocent they were not thinking about what the result was going to be. They just wanted to express themselves and they created something beautiful, right? And then we get to enjoy it. And then you have some artists who like now are 20, 30 years removed from that, still trying to create stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that first one though, you really did it, you know, when you did that, you should just stay with that. But it, it produces something. And um, I, think about, I think about that when I think about being 21 and when I met Holly, I think about that, being young and in love and that newness there. Like I saw her and she gave me a chance and I was, on, I was gone. She was hot and holy. And it was like, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. She's still hot and holy. And I'm still going, I'm still going after her. I'll get in trouble. She's over here cringing. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember being 21 and pursuing her and so in love with her, so in love with her and where we got creative in the way that we spent our time together and we had fun together and, and we had a goal in mind. We were passionate about something and we were working towards being married so that we could spend more time together. And I praise God that that hasn't went away. Um, I still love getting to love her. I still, I still love getting to know her and I'm still figuring her out. Um, and I love that, but, but there's things in our life where we are in that new season or that new stage and then it sort of starts to wear off and it goes away and we do that with our faith. We'll have a season to where we're serious about God, to where we're passionately following him and we're telling others and it's recognizable that there's something different in our lives. And then sin just starts to set in and it smothers it. And it makes us sleepy and distracted and we lose that zeal and we lose that passion I think about my kids. My kids have, they watch, I said this before, they watch YouTube and they'll watch shows on YouTube. And it's all about kids opening stuff. That's all they watch is other kids opening things for Christmas. And I'm like, 
this is ridiculous. And then they'll come to me and be like, daddy, I want this. And it's like, we got that for you two years ago. It's in your closet and you don't touch it. You don't even believe you have that. You don't even, you'd rather watch them instead of play with it. That passion around it, that newness is gone. It's, it's gone away. Um, and there's an importance to this that we have to realize because it, it, it's very, very important how our expression of faith impacts our mission. Okay, so our expression of faith is our mission. Our mission is, is you live on mission by the way you express your faith. So naturally we lack that when we are not expressive or at all revealing that we are new creations, right? Think about it in this way, trip. Chip was baptized last Sunday. Tripp is gonna grow up in this church and his expressions of faith, his disciplines in a large way will be impacted by the congregation around him. When he sees people excited to come to church, that'll show him that church matters and it's fun, it's good. When he sees people coming in here excited to open their mouths and lift their hands and surrender and worship God, that's showing him a posture of that's what believers do. Right? When we do life together, when we live on, when we're excited, when we have passion about following Jesus, people around us see that. And that is very much an expression in the way that we live out our faith. When we hear stories and we see the fruit of God working in others, it produces more zeal for us to be used by God and for us to be on mission. And on the contrary, we could think about it in this way. When we fail to share Jesus with others, what we are saying is he's not worth sharing because you're gonna talk about something. You're gonna talk about what you like or what someone else likes. And when you fail to talk about Jesus, you're naturally saying he's not worth talking about. When you fail to pray, you're saying it's not worth praying for. It's not worth praying for or prayer will do nothing for it. When you fail to come to the church and gather with the body, you're saying it's not worth gathering with. It's not worth going. When you fail to give, you're saying that's not worth me giving to. You're gonna give to something. You're gonna do something with your time and your money. And what you're saying is that's not worth it. This is a better suit. This is more worthy of my time and my money. And so there's a posture there that we have to see. Are we happy? Do you have joy as you live this life as a new creation of Christ, our expression, our excitement, our passion, our zeal absolutely matters to our gospel mission. So let's have fun with it. Let's get excited. Let's get excited. We, we get to see God change people's eternity, not only their life, their eternity. Thank you. Yes. We get to see marriages restored, relationships restored. We get to see children who have no reason to have a good daddy because they never had one. God will do something about that. Studying the Bible and living in the life of Jesus changes the way we parent, the way we are friends, the way we live as citizens in society. And God uses that. Praise God that we get to be used for good. Praise God for that. And so we celebrate. We celebrate. Living on mission includes celebration. That's a point. I don't know where we are with these points, but that's up there. You can write it down. Living on mission includes celebration. Anytime the curtain is pulled back and we get to see uh, the environments of heaven, right? We, as new creations, we are citizens of heaven. Don't feel like that because we're not there yet. 
But we are, we're citizens of heaven. And that's what Paul's teaching us in Ephesians is to live this way as citizens of heaven in a new creation. So what does heaven look like? Anytime the veil is pulled back or the door is cracked and we get a glimpse inside, we see mass celebration, mass praise. Isaiah 6, 3 says, and, and one called out to another and he was saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Luke 2, when the shepherds were there and the angels appeared, they say, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I imagine if they had an opportunity to, to look back down to us in our life as new creations, it'd be confusing sometimes in the way that we are to be new creations, citizens of heaven, but yet we don't resemble that in any way. And so it's, it's, it comes with celebration. Being a new creation and living on mission comes with honor. And so let's celebrate some stuff. Let's party for a second. Is that cool? Come on. Y'all are like, what's going on? What's about to happen here? We're gonna celebrate. Um, we have so much to celebrate. And Satan wants no more than for us to be blinded and in the dark and not aware of it. But God is working. The kingdom is coming. The garden is growing. And we get to celebrate that. And so here's a, a quick video of some things that we are celebrating. Hey, District Church family. For the last three and a half years, uh, God has done so much in our life through this incredible church. Uh, three and a half years ago, I came to Pastor Boyd and I told him about this deep desire in my heart to consider maybe planting a church one day in the heart of St. John's County. And Pastor Boyd, he, for some reason, believed in me and he gave me a chance. And over time, God started working in Taylor's heart and on my heart to one, to, to have another kid. That was important. Uh, Eating Grace is really a blessing that the, uh, the district church gave us. But also uh, by going to the district church, we got to serve with you. We got to love you. We got to be a part of your family. And you guys have loved us so much and so well. And we have learned so much from you guys. And we're so grateful for that. I'm happy to share with you something incredible that God is doing in our hearts that started last year and that has continued on and won't stop. So now I want you to watch this video. We love you guys and we thank you so much for loving us. Hey, my name is Joey. And I'm Taylor. And we're the Pursuity family. Nine years ago, God introduced and invited us to a little local church in St. John's County that forever changed our life. And as we saw our lives being changed by the good news of Jesus, we realized that God did not call us to go just do nothing with what He had given us, but He had called us to go do something big and bold. And so about three and a half years ago, God called on us to, to leave the church so that we could then go and get training and serving at the district church in Westside, Jacksonville. So for the past three and a half years, well, we've got a chance to be a part of this incredible church that has loved on us and has served us. And all the while, my passion and desire, along with Taylor's, grew more and more for starting a church in St. John's County. Now, why St. John's County? So rewind to a few years ago, Joey and I were driving through Silverleaf to a friend's house and we both looked at each other and realized that we wanted to plant in St. John's County and that Silverleaf was such a great area of St. John's County where people are moving at enormous rates and there are so many people around Silverleaf in St. John's County that are craving community and friendships and 
all the while they need the gospel more than ever. So for the last year, we um, have been living in Silverleaf and loving on our neighbors and our community and getting to know the people in St. John's County to further the gospel. More than ever, people need community. Our vision for Gather Church is bold and it's, it's pretty big, is that we wish to see everyone in St. John's County gathered for the glory of God. More than ever, people are moving here without community and without family, and we want to serve that need and meet them where they are. Our mission statement is, we gather to create deepening relationships with God and others that are transformed by the good news of Jesus. That's exactly what we are going to do. Starting in 2025, we are going to begin launching weekly gatherings in St. John's County so that we can then live out the vision and hope and pray that God would gather people together for His glory and that we can then create those deepening relationships with Him and with others that are transformed by the good news of Jesus. If you wanna know how you can help us on this journey, it's simple, it starts with three things. Uh, number one, uh, pray for us. Uh, pray for our family as we go through this year casting vision uh, to this area. Pray for our core team. As we meet together and we talk about what God is doing, as we talk about culture building and vision casting, and as we live on mission before Gather even launches. Pray for Gather Church as God is bringing people in St. John's County to this incredibly new, bold work. Number two, consider joining with us. You can join with us and use the gifts that God has given you to serve not only His people, but to serve this community, to serve this church. And last but not least is to give. We would ask that you would prayerfully consider out of a heart of generosity, what is God calling you to do and serving and giving to us towards Gather Church as we launch into 2025. If you wanna know more about Gather Church, you can find us at gatherstjohns.com. We are so excited about what God is doing in Gather Church, and we would invite you to join with us as God does this incredibly new, bold work in St. John's County. That's awesome. Um, Taylor and Joey, can you guys stand up for a second? No, you guys are... We can honor them and encourage them. And can we all stand up and just celebrate that, what God is doing? Yeah. You can have a seat. That we would see that God would bring a couple to our church that is so um, passionate about following him and that they would come here and that we would be able to equip them in some way, that we would be able to encourage and rally around them and then send them out to do something of, of such great obedience of planting a local church to see this come to life again. That's a beautiful thing. And it is so worth celebrating. And so we, we have so much to celebrate. You'll, um, you'll receive a card on the way out with more details about Gather Church and you'll hear more about that this year. Um, but our expressions matter. Let, let can we assign that to the DNA of who we are as new creations as the church? Where we would, we would see it and others would see it in us as attributes of God's gift of grace, that we are people of honor and celebration. Um, Ephesians chapter three, one through two, where we looked at, 
Paul says this, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Paul, Paul begins this chapter three with a heavy missional posture, an extremely heavy missional posture. And he's saying to you Gentiles. So the Gentiles would be those who are apart from Christ uh, or those who do not know Christ and are apart from his chosen people. They're not Jewish, they're Gentile. We see that back and forth all throughout the text of the Bible. And so when, when Paul talks to Gentiles, he's talking about, my, I have a responsibility to you. And as Paul talks about the mystery that is revealed as we read, it's that Jesus came for you. I'm here to tell you that Jesus came for you. That's what Paul is saying here. And I think oftentimes that could be hard for us. When we talk about living on mission, when we talk about going, it's very hard for us to figure out what, how do we do that? And I love how, how simply, when we just break it down, it is to Paul. When he says, I'm here to tell you, Jesus has come for you. If you're here and you have questions, I'm here to tell you. Jesus has come for you. When you interact with people, it's not too hard to say, look at the world around you. Do you think it's supposed to be this way? Turn the news on. Do you think it's supposed to be that way? Look at the things that you feel sometimes. Do you think we're supposed to feel that way? I'm here to tell you we're not. And Jesus has came to fix it. Jesus has come for you. That's the mission. It's not hard. It is not that hard. When we look at what is in contradiction, every time we've looked at one of our disciplines and studying where Paul leads us, we, every week we've looked at what's in contradiction to this coming to life and to this being a reality. And when we look at specifically going, a major thing that is in contradiction to our mission is ourselves. We ourselves creating obstacles, barriers, and limits. For some reason, we can't do that. For some reason, we can't say that. And, and that we might believe my job as a new creation is just to be a, a good creation, just to be a good Christian. That's what my job is, right? That so, some, somehow we think that, that I, I just need to be a good Christian. That's what I gotta do today. And that's wrong. You're, you're not gonna do good. Like, that's not possible. Whatever box you have uh, for a good Christian, you gotta get rid of that because you're, you're not gonna live up to it. We fail, I fail, I'm so imperfect. And so whatever we have, and if you do have a box as, as a good Christian, why don't you throw living on mission inside of that? Because that's a big part of it. We often think that it's our job to just not mess this up. If I could just not mess this up, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And missional living isn't even in our mind. One of the greatest things that keep us from going with our faith with the message and the mission of Jesus Christ and the gospel is the thought that we are unable, that we are not valuable, that you are not valuable to, to the mission of God. Or to think that you yourself are not a tool in God's hands. Do you see yourself that way? Do you see yourself as a tool, as a weapon in the hands of God to push back darkness? We have to see that because you are. You absolutely are. You are an extreme tool in the hands of your creator to do what he has called you to do in his design and will and building his kingdom. So let's start here. Let's start here. If you have been saved by Jesus, if you are following Jesus, if you, if you have been given the gracious gift of salvation, your life is in response to God's gift. Your life is in response to God's gift. That's called living on mission. 
you respond to the gift that God has given to you. You have a testimony, you have a story, a unique way in which God has pursued you and saved you, whether good or bad, whether good or bad, whatever, your, whatever exists in your story, whatever good or bad, God can use that. We just sang it. Even what the enemy means for evil, God can turn it for good. And so even the, the things that haunt you, God can use those. I had a story, I had a conversation with somebody this week and just listening to the depth of hurt that existed, but yet being able to see the good that, that God is doing in that. He does that, he does that. And it can be used to impact others. So what God has done in your life, it matters and we need to hear it. And we live on mission by the way that we steward our story. That's another point. We talked about that in group this week, sponsored by Katie, this point. Absolutely, we live on mission by the way that we steward our story. Well, oftentimes we get saved and that's something radical to us, that our life would be changed in that way, that I, I, I experienced that, but now I'm saved from it. That was a reality to me, but it's not a reality anymore. I used to do that and I don't do that anymore. And then we get so far removed from it that it's not even in our mind. And we have to hold fast to that because God will use it in the lives of others because he might do the same thing in somebody else's life. And he'll use how he's how you have experienced that and the way that he does it. So we live on mission by the way that we steward our story. Ephesians 1, 7, Paul sees himself as a steward of God's grace. And in the way that he speaks about it, he carries this responsibility and we do as well. We have a responsibility to share and tend to what God has done in our lives. I think about prayers and the way that God has answered prayers. We need to hear how God has answered prayers in your life. It is so beautiful to hear time and time again how a family was maybe struggling to have children and God blessed them. We can't forget that. We look at the Bible and we know what happens when generations forget the goodness of God. It does not turn out good. And so we gotta talk about it. We have to share those stories of God's grace in our life. Um, as we look at the book of Ephesians, what we have to remember as we're, as we're looking at text, we're gonna look at a large portion here in just a second. What we have to, Oh man, I'm way behind. I need to go. Oh man, okay. What we have to understand as we look at the, uh, a letter to the Ephesians, Paul is writing this to the church. Paul's writing this to new creations, okay? We have to be careful not to take what Paul writes to the church um, and take and just put it wherever we want. We can't do that with the Bible. It's not ours to do that. We have to sit under and we have to read and understand the Bible in the way that it was given to us and written. We can't take it and do what we want with it or take a verse and just put it where we want because it sounds good or feels right to us in that appropriate time. Does that make sense? And so as we study Ephesians, we see Paul is writing this to the church, but, but the church is in no way a container to, 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 uh, to smother the gifts that God gives. Does that make sense? So we're gonna see attributes and abilities that God has given through his spirit to the church for the edifying of the body. That's a lot, but listen, I'm gonna move fast. There's gifts that God has given to the church in that for the good of the church, for the maturing of the church, but the church is not a container to keep that hidden from God working in the world outside. Does that make sense? We use it for the good of the body and we use it for evangelizing and pointing to, to Jesus through these things. And so we have to be careful when we read a large portion like what we were about to and the way that uh, 
uh, Paul reads it, that we can just take and do what we want with it. We can't. But we're gonna read Ephesians 4, 20, 25 through 521. Landon, I'm sorry. I know you worked hard to get that timer up there. Open your Bibles, go to Ephesians 4. I think this is appropriate for us to read. A lot of Ephesians 4 and 5 points to how we are to live as new creations and then what we are to do. When Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, um, he's not writing or thinking about a people who are idle, who are sitting still, who are sitting on their hands, right? We could say it in this way. Go ahead and throw this up. The church is in no way a waiting room for God's people until the present age expires. Does that make sense? This is not a waiting room for us until Jesus comes back. We are to do something. We are to go. We are to live on mission. And Paul writes abilities and attributes for us in Ephesians 4 and 5. So open your Bibles. It's not gonna be on the screen. I want you to open your Bible and I want you to read this. I want you to highlight and underline when, when things sort of pop out to you. And we're just gonna jump through this text real quick. And then I have a few things to talk about. Ephesians 4, 25. Ephesians 4, 25. What we are seeing is this, this, this resembles Jesus. And this is what we should look like as new creations on mission. 25 begins, be angry and do not sin. Mm. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Do honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talking come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as for fits or fitting for the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and he gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an, adult, an, an, an idolater, um, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern, that's a gift, Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works or darkness, but instead expose them. That could be prophecy. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of, of, of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, for the Father. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, in there, well, in there. Man, this is rich. We could stay here for days inside of this text and it is so necessary for us too. And so I hope that as we're talking about living on mission, we can see it in this way. Mission is not something we start and stop. We have opportunities for different missions we're gonna see in a second that might be global. And that's an opportunity for mission, but we never stop living on mission. Our entire life is an expression of our faith as new creations and we go, go, go. Sharing, telling, showing Jesus in all aspects of our lives. It's not something we start and stop doing. So in talking about opportunities, now let me get practical and share with you some opportunities for 2024 global missions through the district church, okay? I'm gonna try to move through these really quick, but they're very important. Um, If you miss some of this, it's okay. We have a little card that you might've got when you came in or you can get on the way out that's gonna tell you more about missional opportunities. We expect every single person who is a new creation in Christ, who calls the district church home to be doing something, okay? If you're already on mission, drop us an email and let us know what you're doing and how we can pray for you and how we can support you. If you're wondering what you can do outside of living on mission every single day, here are opportunities that we have looked at, prayed over and invested in. The first is India. What's going on in India? Three years ago, the two weeks before the country shut down, Master Boyd, myself, and a couple other guys went to India. We did a worship conference and teaching for 70 pastors over there. And as we were there, this guy was our translator. He looked just like Kramer off of Seinfeld and he acted like him. Love this dude. His name's Pondu. He's hilarious. His favorite movie is 007. That's what he said. And um, I mean, just a sweet guy. Quick story about Pandu. His grandmother was sick. She went to, they were very uh, deep in Hindu or Hindi religion, went to all the gods in their village um, and she could not be healed. And someone said, you need to go and you need to talk to this pastor and you need to pray to Jesus, the real God. And she did and she was healed. She immediately left her religion and her faith in Hindi started following Jesus. She had three sons. Every single one of them boys were saved by Jesus. One of them began a church. You can celebrate. Thank you. You're listening. You're listening. That's what we do. We celebrate. Um, one of them, uh, one of them, two of them started a church. One of her grandsons, that's Pondu. So from God working in this grandmother changed generations of this family. Pandu's dad started a church. There's a hundred and something people in India. We get pictures all the time of this church that we support. Um, and Pandu, as he started getting older, he saw the persecution of pastors in India. He wanted to do something. So he started something called God's Desire Ministries. Um, I could tell you so much about the culture of India. It's so much different than us. But basically what we do from your generosity, 20 pastors a month and their family are financially supported every single month. That's been happening for years, okay? We, um, that goes to education, that goes to uh, food um, and their house and their clothes. And um, we wanna do more. We want to, uh, there's 50 that we could support right now if we were financially able to do that. And so Pandu comes back and forth. You'll see him here at times. There's no trip set to go to India because it's not safe for um, trips to be had there right now. But we can 
be missional and continue to be missional in our giving to them. The next one is Casas. Casas started around 30 years ago and they started putting houses on the border of Texas and Mexico. And their goal was to um, spread the love of Jesus through service and through building. So they started building houses. We sent a team this past year uh, and they built a house. It was amazing that they got to go and do that. We have another trip scheduled this year. So if you wanna do something, um, if you wanna be on mission in, in a global opportunity, Casas exists. Hey, you guys can go ahead and come up. Um, ben, we're gonna move through this. There's a trip happening this year. If you can't go, you can support those people who are going um, financially. GE is another one. The greatest exchange ran by um, a couple in our church, Kelly and Tyler Owen. GE, um, basically a reverse mission trip. Yeah. This is us last year. What GE does is they take and they bring college age. Uh, in the past, it's been girls. This year, the hope is to bring um, girls and guys. And so they bring them from Kazakhstan, which is in Southeast Asia, Asia, Southeast Asia. And they bring them over in this reverse mission trip. So they come over to work, they raise money for college. And as they're here, they're strategically placed with a family who loves Jesus and will express that love to them. Um, so we ask a family to open up their home for a month and, and let someone stay with them. Holly and I had, um, Niet stayed with us last year and it was so sweet. So um, there's opportunities to be on mission in that. You don't have to go anywhere, open your home. Um, if you cannot host, you can drive, volunteer to drive. You can cook meals. There's so much in this organization that you can do. Um, so information is on this card and we have a meeting coming up because it's happening this summer. The last one is Missions Club. A lot is happening in Missions Club. I'm gonna let Trey take that one in just a second. He's gonna tell you guys about that. Um, but just a, a glimpse of it is we're sending our first student mission trip, student family mission trip to Panama this year. They're going down there um, to serve missions clubs. So they're basically going to create like a summer camp for these kids in this, in this area of poverty. Our students get to do that. A sweet opportunity we have today is 40 of these kids from missions club are hanging on a board out there. Our church um, gets to walk out, grab a card and sponsor one of those kids every single month. What's sweet about that is our kids are gonna get to go down there and see these kids that our church family has agreed to sponsor and serve in that way. And so we get to really see our generosity come to life through missions. And so Trey will show a video and tell us more about that. Um, guys, there's so much for us to do. We can't be sleepy Christians. As if this demonic lullaby exists in America and we just go after what we want. That's wrong. It's not for us. As new creations, we're focused on, on, on the kingdom of heaven. We live as citizens of heaven. And there's an expression of our, of our faith that comes out every single day. And so we have to live in that way. As I said in the beginning, you might not be able to live from an expression of faith. You might need to receive Jesus today. And we would love to pray with you and share more of that with you. And so let me pray, let's stand. And um, we're gonna worship for just a moment and then we'll have a, a quick video around Missions Club. God, thank you for this so much. There's such an abundance. The mission is so massive. God is so massive, but at times the laborers are few. And so show us how we are to labor. Show us how we are to go. God, if you have given us that gift of salvation, would we respond and do something with it and let us have fun as we do it as your joy is produced within us. God, for those who have questions and who are just wondering, um, would you bring clarity through your spirit and through your word that we are just trying to reflect and resemble the man, Jesus Christ. 
and live in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so for those who need to respond in faith and obedience, would that be done today, God? Thank you for your church. Continue to build your kingdom. In your name, we all say, amen. To learn more about the district church and for ways to give to further resources like this, visit thedistrictchurch.com.